All right, Ben, you got your uh, microphone all set up? Yeah, man, I think so. I, uh, you know, I... I recently uh, my my headphones aren't doing so good today, but I think my mic is ready and I, I should be good to should be good to record. Okay, uh, let me. Oh, hang on, I just gotta. I had to brush off one of those in, uh, invisible uh, rage spiders. Yeah, I mean they're really everywhere this time of year. Mm-hmm. Thankfully, like you know, they echo a little bit on the mic. I can I can point them out pretty good. Hmm? Um, oh no, I'm gonna I'm gonna podcast. Yeah, two seconds. Yeah. Oh, sorry. Um, my my foreign friend, who's just an, a tiny animate bench with eyes, is staying with me. And, oh, uh, Comrantila! You know, I remember yeah, meeting him. I oh, I didn't realize you remembered him. Yeah, uh, you know he's 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 staying with me for the weekend, and uh, um, he, he you know he got here a little early, so we're gonna have to podcast with him in the other room. I, I hope that's not too distracting or anything. Yeah, just remember to throw him a pancake every half hour. His blood tithe, right? The yeah. blood, <laughs> the blood tithe. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, I was walking down the the street yesterday, mm-hmm. and. Um, you know, I, I felt like I was being watched, but it turned out just to be like this uh, mountain in a trench coat that was following me around. You know, two whistles and was a it, snap. Was it a jagged mountain or like a smooth mountain? Uh, this was a jagged mountain. Yeah. Okay, so it wasn't a race thing. No, no, it was a criminomulary. Oh, oh, okay. I think I, I've heard good things about from his family. Yeah, like I that's, mean, a, that's a well-respected. You know, like you have nothing to fear house. as long as you know the snaps. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just make sure not to. Uh, Make sure not to wave your arms too much. It's like a mm-hmm. bear in that way. Yeah, it's like basic wilderness survival. Mm-hmm. Uh, is your, uh, how's your how's your job treating you? Is your boss still, uh, you know, breathing down your neck? Uh, he actually found a lot more necks just lying in the woods. Someone left them there. Oh, <laughs> early harvest. It's an, yeah, it's an early harvest. We weren't expecting it. You know, the parallel dimension that is right next door to us uh you know say it's uh, exactly divided by a river i've shown you that i've shown you that picture one time that make made you go makes you go insane for a few minutes yeah it's of the naturescape that's right next to the beautiful log cabin mm-hmm. yeah and it it log cabin has a direct portal to the neck dimension um so we get visitors um but you know they, they don't um uh, they, they, they don't always bring all their necks with them. Well, one person happened to bring a lot of extra necks, and then so, you know, we, we have a lot. We've got yeah, surplus ho- now. Hope you brought enough for the rest of the class. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and so it turns out he only brought necks uh, for himself, but he really liked them. So Yeah, well, I mean, I think we all learned a valuable lesson from that. I mean, I definitely learned things. I don't know if they were lessons. Yeah, I could not vocalize them. They could They could have just been like, dissociated anecdotes that had no actual point but it did seem like a good story i would describe it but uh whenever i try to talk about it my throat gets um you know the 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 fish swirls around it and and blocks everything yes it's it's a hex that was put on me a couple days ago i'm hoping that it was uh, a curse yeah it's like a it's like halfway between a hex curse it was a real pedantic uh, warlock that put it on me but it should go away once i take a dip in the sauna yeah it's a good thing it wasn't just a straight up hex because you need a specialist for that oh really yeah i I haven't found a new uh, you know i moved recently because um my last house kept kept uh, collapsing in on itself oh we've got an inflating one over here maybe you'd be interested yeah like so that i don't know i know it doesn't solve all the problems but you at least you know how's the rent uh negative Ooh, yeah. I mean, I could do and that blue. in this economy. Yes. Um. Oh, you should probably uh, go go give him a pancake. Oh, yep. Uh, let me let me pull one out of the ceiling right here, and there you go. All right, I think we're ready to go. Mm-hmm. 
Here they are for one and all The moments are about to call Come on and sit down here with me They're here for you on your TV They are the moments They are the moments So come with me, give me your hand I'll take you up to moving land You can fly just like a bird And sing the best song ever heard There were the moments There were the moments There were the moments <laughs> That was a mess and I love it <laughs> See, it's, it's only important that you love it It's such a weird idea Because it's not that big in the show But like God, what is that instrument? <laughs> I don't know. It's, it's I don't know. It's a bassoon or something. It's everywhere. <laughs> ben, we have a lot to talk about. There's a lot here, Zane. There's so much. Guys, welcome to the Carton Cast. My <laughs> name is Ben. Hi, uh, my name is Zane. <laughs> and this is the podcast where we review old cartoons and see what we think of them as adults. And for fuck's sake, Zane, what did you bring to my I attention? I had trouble remembering my name for a second because I think a small family of mice took up lodging. In my in there, <laughs> in your uh, name, in my in my name brain, uh, no, yeah. just in the name, <laughs> just in my name. What's in a name? Well, so, it's this family of mice. <laughs> yeah, I can't say it without mentioning the mice, so I'm just gonna try and avoid it. Um, the Carton Cast is done hibernating for the winter. We're back for spring. <laughs> Yeah, and then apparently there's just like elves chilling in our in our closet and uh, like <laughs> giant statues that come come out during like like winter to like I don't know cast spells on our roofs and, and sometimes like, we're the elves, but like sometimes we're the elves, but only if we don't wear our special bow ties. Like, what happened to this? <laughs> this is what you, this is like when you shift from a coloring book. To a to an animated show with just no clutch. It's just it's very um, it's 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 a nice refresher to see something that's as weird as like Japanese media, but that's not Japanese. And like nobody nobody tried to make it make sense for a non Japanese <laughs> audience or or somebody who didn't like grow up in the books. There, I don't know, man. This was real strange. There's just a lot. I have a game later where I'm just going to name a random character, and I need you to figure out what they do and what they are. <laughs> I, I wrote I wrote down a lot of weird lore, guy. <laughs> There's so much lore here. We got to get into this. We have to do it. Zane. Today we're watching... to Moomin Watch. Welcome to Moomin. Welcome to Moomin, home of the Moomin. Can I Moomin? And then, as it turns out... Yes, I can. And you must now. <laughs> you must. You simply to, must. To appease, and I quote, the hobgoblin that rides around in the sky on a For panther. For fuck's sake, I, like, they, they introduce Day him with one. no lead up. <laughs> like, it's the most natural thing in the world. Uh-huh, hobgoblin's out today. <laughs> yeah, sure he is. Riding his horse through the sky. <laughs> his panther. <laughs> oh, yeah, it was a panther. I beg your very pardon. He dropped his rubies. God damn. So... so Zane, tell tell us where this came from. Then I feel like not a lot of people are aware of the show, and so if they're just like regular listeners, they're gonna be like, oh boy. Oh boy, they're doing another one where they make up a show and pretend that it's real. No, dude. <laughs> this is a not, real ass real not thing. Not only did we not do that, we've never done that. So Moomin <laughs> Moomin ran from nineteen ninety to nineteen ninety one on TV Tokyo. It was dubbed into English to air on children's BBC in the UK, as well as many other languages, mostly in Scandinavia. 
Um, the show is produced by Telecable Benelux, which is Dutch and Japanese, uh, and it's based on a book by Tuve and Lars Janssen, who are Finnish mm-hmm. but speak Swedish. Yeah, and, and there's been a couple of anime adap- anime adaptations of these books, which, uh, you know, they began being released um, in, I think, 1945, and as recently as 1993, there was a book that came out. Yeah, so that's um, the, the nine- book and comic series, that okay. kind of the run of that. It's a long-running series, lots of adaptations. Um, the earliest TV show I, is I, there were, uh, from yeah. Germany in 1959 and had marionettes. I I accidentally found that and <laughs> and and was very confused by why we, why you made me watch a thing like that and I'm still confused why you made me watch a thing like this but it's not that bad um, um, there there were two different anime adaptations and uh, Tove Jansen was basically like no um, so they, they didn't uh, they didn't ship it beyond Japan because they were like too ashamed she she's, gave them the evil eye she's a real badass <laughs> yeah it was pretty great um, but but then. Uh, the 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 creator of this one, um, who is who is this one? Oh, I didn't, I didn't. <laughs> there's there's a lot of people who went into this. Yeah, I'm sorry. I, I, I there's a. I wanna I wanna make sure I. Uh, sorry, I'm I'm gonna. No, go ahead and look at it. Um, you know, it's it's interesting because this show kind of revived the series. It's credited with the started Moomin a... The Boom. The Moomin Boom, which I think was a character in the show. <laughs> Must have been a character, the bomb salesman of the town. Yeah, self-combusted in order to uh, bring dragonflies back. So... Like, maybe. Like, <laughs> like sure, it could have happened. Uh, and this show popularized it in Japan and then uh, the rest of the world. And it it's part of... It kind of brought it back to kids because in the books and comic strips, it started off as a kid series and got darker and darker, and this sort of rebooted it as mostly wholesome. Yeah. So, um, the then, yeah. Uh, so this anime adaptation, um, in, in 1981, the Finnish animation and commercial producer Dennis Livson uh, begged the rights for <laughs> Tovin from Tovin Lars uh, Janssen. Tuva, to- I think. Tuva, excuse me, Tuva and Lars Janssen, um, and a year later, uh, they showed he showed them a preview of an anime series um, for for both of them, and they ended up loving it. So yeah, you know, it it they, Tuva and Lars like were Tuva was very um, hesitant to let it be animated again because yeah. the first two were not very good runs, but this one apparently captured the spirit of the Moomin quite accurately. Apparently the <laughs> other two took a lot of creative liberties, and this one was much closer to the actual storybooks uh, that, uh, that that she had written. Apparently Disney wanted to buy the rights. I'm not surprised. This character is very... I mean, like, it's a Hello Kitty design. Yeah, Hello Kitty, Mickey Mouse. Like, this guy is great. Zane, let me, let, me sh- let me share you a secret. Yeah. If you want to make it cute, just round him up. <laughs> and take away his mouth. Yeah, now you got a cute it. thing. Yeah, because now instead of talking, he just sort of like nuzzles the air. Yeah, he Batman, he Batman, Spidermans his way through <laughs> through walls. Oh, that's a deep cut. I forgot. There about. he is. Yeah, um, but yeah, it, like this is that's how you do a cute character design. It works for Kirby. It works for most of the Pokemon. Um, you know, you know, so like just having big round characters with big old eyes and no, like no mouths to speak of. These, yeah. these things are just bipedal hippos that can't speak. <laughs> yeah, largely. Do yeah, you... they're they're incredibly cute. So I'm not surprised that they're after, popular. After watching this, did you go back and like like do you remember reading the books as a kid? Hell no. 
<laughs> Hell no, sir. <laughs> no, I, I do not remember that. Do you have uh, memories? Yeah, because we had a, f- a few books that did like the first several episodes. Like it's the story's pretty one to one, and this does really do match recall, the spirit. Do you recall Snork Maiden? I do recall the Snork Maiden. Do you really? Yeah, guys, the Snork Maiden. Yeah. She's a main character. There are no other things that either begin with Snork or end with Maiden. Well, there is Snork the character, but he's, you know. I actually I actually don't know that. All right, so there's a lot of characters <laughs> that we're going to have to get into, but let's kind of just set the stage a moment. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah, go ahead. So this is very um, Finnish. I sometimes look at a webcomic called Scandinavia and the World, and it's, you know, characters are countries, and it sort of plays on stereotypes and news. But it, it kind of delineates the different kinds of countries. And this show has a very Finnish spirit in that it's like, oh, you know, the Scandinavia, that's where all the elves, you know, and Santa comes from. But then also in Finland, everything's very dark and depressing. So mm. what you end up with is a children's book and a children's uh, TV show now where these cute characters um just kind of live in the woods and have a really wholesome life and then at like the 80 percent mark through the show some bullshit happens and like it resolves very quickly but it's unsettling the whole time yeah they never apologize for it they're never like oh this is unexpected (laughs) they're just like this is part of our world apparently (laughs) we just it's never that we didn't expect this deep like this uh hunger spirit to visit our doorstep every night it's always like we didn't expect them to show up this early oh yeah we we, we didn't put the you know we didn't put the stove on yeah that's our bad (laughs) we we didn't read the signals the ever freezing Uh, embodiment of seasonal depression of seasonal depression showed up um oh you you know that you're not allowed to go into the bonfire that's not gonna work it's 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 amazing they they treat it they they know exactly what all of this i don't know lovecraftian nonsense is already like they've lived through a lovecraft apocalypse and they're all just like familiar with the shit that goes down and it's it's not even like an overwhelming part of the show it just it just pops up and is nonchalant about it usually that's Um, what makes it so shocking i'm aside from that i'm reminded a lot of like winnie the pooh um you know, mm. we have these characters who, you know, are, they have a little bit of differences, but they're just sort of hanging out and having, like, low stakes problems and interactions. It, it reminded me more of uh, uh, Zelda, mm-hmm. like the, the Zelda universe, because a lot of it is just races I don't understand, and that's fine. <laughs> and then every so often there's, like, a weirdo that, like, most of the time he behaves like a normal thing, and then mm-hmm. sometimes... Like, there's just weird shit. Like, you ever walk through a Zelda game and you're like, okay, I know Gorons, they're pretty weird looking, but I get them. And then Tingle pops out of nowhere and you're like, this is a different. (laughs) Yeah, this. And I don't understand it yet. And it doesn't seem threatening, but it's very a different. (laughs) Yeah, you have shown me a human that is a monster. (laughs) That's essentially what it is. I don't know what he wants. He must want something. classic definition of monster. How do I appease him and get on with my day? Like the way we think about the world cannot be reconciled. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. There's a lot of things that make this feels very Zeldian. Yeah. it's. I mean, it's got that sort of like sense of adventure where most of the time nothing bad can happen. I I, I wouldn't even call it a sense of adventure. I would call it just a sense of like 
exploration, like almost yeah. like a Calvin and Hobbes. Mm-hmm. We're just exploring the world around us, and it's never, it's never, it's never fraught with danger, right? Yeah, it's like, oh, we were walking around on the beach. Oh, check it out, uh, like a shipwrecked boat. Let's repair it. And then there's an episode where they repair it, and then they're like, yeah. let's go on an adventure, and they go to an island. And it's like, now we're camping. Yeah, they're not going to fight pirates. They're not going to like steal a dragon's ruby. They're just going to like. They just, you know, find cool shit, do something with it, and then enjoy themselves. But while they're camping, um, they find, like, a compass or a barometer or something, and these hundreds of, like, cylinders with eyes that glow surround them and make ambient noise until they give it back. I have no idea if this was an episode or if you just made that up. Nope, that's an episode. That's an episode. That's a straight-up episode. Okay. Yeah, this, it's just full of weird lore that, like, it, it, it this show is just bursting with imagination. <laughs> yeah. Just filled to burst. And it's because it's, you know, inspired by a thing that is, like you said, it's that Finnish-Swedish-Scandinavian kind it's of storytelling. It's culturally distinct from anything that we're used to. It's like when, like, a niche uh, subculture somehow gains wide appeal and, like, cult, like, everybody's heard of it now. Can you give me an example? Um... Have you heard of baby metal? I I think maybe I have. Like these little, like these, like tween girls who are just screaming. It, it, I I do remember, and like uh, uh oh, who was it? Some like like a, a bunch of people tried to like gatekeep them online, saying like this isn't real metal. And then uh, somebody real famous, I can't remember. Oh, Rob Zombie basically came online and was just like, "Fuck off! They're way more metal than you'll ever be." <laughs> Yeah, so subculture gains prominence, everyone hears about it, like, and now we just have to be aware that it's a thing. Yeah, yeah, I I guess I see what you, I guess I see what you mean. Or like in Japan, like Elvis gangs. Elvis gangs? Yeah, gangs of people who dress up like Elvis. Is this where that, uh, is this where that one, uh... Oh, you know, it might not be Japan, it might be somewhere else, but they definitely exist. I don't know, like, it it, it might be an influence on Japan with the, um... (laughs) The street punk culture? Not just the, not merely street punk culture, but like street punk in a specific like '50s greaser aesthetic. Uh huh. Yeah. I know it's got a specific term. I can't remember what it is right mm-hmm. now, but it's it's like a thing that I've seen in enough media where I'm like, oh, this is just a normal over there. They just really latched onto this. Yeah. Or like you know, England has a cheese wheel downhill race. Hmm. Like, yeah. just The world is huge, and everybody has their own like cultural things and it's just weird for one that we have no other conception of suddenly arriving on our doorstep and we get to interpret it yeah because we're also ethnocentrist like not in a i don't mean that in a means mean-spirited way but we live within our culture yeah right and whenever that bubble is broken by a particular popular thing it's amazing like Mm -hmm. this is how it happened this is what happened when when uh america learned about pokemon yeah, or Wallace yeah. and Gromit. We're just like, what the fuck am I looking at? I can't turn away. There's nothing familiar here. <clears throat> and can you imagine, like, being a kid who finds out about the Moomin Boom and, like, telling your parents, like, I want this, I want this. And they're like, let's watch an episode. And then the main character, like, falls into a hat and turns into this horrible gremlin. That's episode number one. And his parents don't believe that he's still the same person. His dad, like, <laughs> outwardly is like, 
If I don't have a son like you, my you're way too ugly to be my son. <laughs> like to his face while he's crying. Yeah, like at the very least, be nice to the guy. Yeah, he, he didn't choose to be to come out of a hat. I whoever, assume whoever he actually is, he's clearly having a day. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's. I mean, it's it's a it's a foreign, and I don't mean that in like a xenophobic way, but it is a foreign. It is foreign to me this style of storytelling and this world building, and it's so inventive. Mm-hmm. And I'm I'm bowled over by how inventive <laughs> it is. It the creativity is bur- it bursts out of every seam of this show, and I'm I'm it's pretty great. Uh, let's 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 get going so that we can have some you know actual touchstones for this as opposed to just stating that we like it. Yeah. So. Um- the the main kind of focus is on the Moomin family with uh, our protagonist Moomin and his mother Moomin Mama and his father Moomin Papa. Yeah, Moomin Papa is a real character. And, and, we, we're going to talk about like, him. He's like maybe sometimes sort of sister Lil Mai, who is like a weird halfling elf mishmash. That right. yeah, and, I have a I have a thing here. Yeah, you got a thing. Do you want to do it now or should uh, we wait? Oh well, she is a mimble. Oh, is that what she is? She she's a half sister to Snufkin. Mimbles are kind of like humans, but they're a little different. Yeah, Snufkin looks like the Skull Kid, which is when I started thinking about this <laughs> Zelda thing. Now, Mimbles, um, or like and, the Pied Piper. Yeah, he's he's Gino. <laughs> he's a lot of things. Yeah, so there's Little Mai, and then there's right. the Mimble who is actually the Mimble's daughter, because the Mimble is a different person, but they're both called the Mimble. Very good, very good. <laughs> yeah, and there's, there's like, this weird family of kangaroo peasants that are... Well, you're going like, all over the place. <laughs> called, ...called Mrs. Philly Jonk, and, you know, there's the Snork Maiden, who is Moomin with a bow, or, like, a well, tuft of blonde hair. They're, they're like, a different eyelashes. species of Moomin. They're still kind of hippo-ish. I know um, it's so weird. <laughs> there's also there's also hemulins, which are like tall moomins. Oh my god, you really looked into this stuff. Yeah, there there's a lot going on here. I think you can mostly delineate it into the moomin family, uh, snork and snork maiden, and then like a couple of recurring characters who just sort of round out the types of people. Yeah, like sniff or snuffkin. And yeah, little Mai. and they they have a lot more personality in general. I Most really of these people are just like wholesome hanging on people. Yeah, wholesome doughy boys. Yeah, they're wholesome real... doughy boys and girls. Everything that you like, everyone moves very slowly. Like you see them run sometimes, and it's a little confusing. Yeah, it doesn't doesn't seem correct. It, that's why it's I like think when Jimmy like Neutron tried to run, like he he's doing running motions, but he's just not going anywhere. Yeah, like the like the posture of it is impossible. Hmm. That you know, they're they're much better suited to an amble, which is better suited to the tone of the show, which is very laid back, roly poly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and that's what I, I wanted to talk about, of, like the novelty of this show, which is just that it's it's so laid back, it's so comfortable in its own skin, and is so willing not to have a point. Yeah, yeah. Which is maybe the hallmark of a good children's book. You know, like, I, I know that we just got through Arthur pretty recently where we were talking about the era of cartoondom where you absolutely had to have a moral. And there is a moral heart of it to this show. You know, there are situations where lessons are learned, TM, but <laughs> it, it's it's not the purpose. It's clearly not their prime directive in the way where it in the way that it would be for something with like a PSA. 
their prime directive is to tell a story. Yes, and it doesn't I, I have think to be... That, I think that this show is best thought of as the interpretation of a grandfather telling a story to his grandkids. Yeah, or like a dream that you happen to remember really well. Yeah, yeah. Like with a lot of details that all kind of make sense. It's it's a it's a way to tell a story that isn't particularly it didn't come from animating it. No. Like the story when, didn't come from this. The story exists in the ether and this is the interpretation of the story that we can best tell it. Back when stories were primarily passed down orally, like mm. like This you, feels like an oral tradition. It does, and so it has a lot of like Yeah, and so this person, you know, bought the beans from our hero and then he went off and did these few other things and that like they were unrelated the beans will come back in like four episodes but like (laughs) they happened like you know you know this stuff's got to be there but you're not in a rush to figure it out not in a rush is the way you have to watch this show which maybe like honestly as much as i liked it and appreciated its spark I think that I actually could have enjoyed it more if I had been watching it with the right frame of mind, which is not preparing for a podcast, but just being sick and like having it be snowing outside and I've got chicken noodle soup and I'm like huddled <laughs> up next to the radiator and I'm just like, oh yeah, let's watch some movements. Let's like, let's zone out. My head is slightly foggy with the flu and like all of, all of these weird logic beats make perfect sense to me right now. Yeah. Well, that's how I watched it because um, I got a DVD in a bargain bin once, which is why I knew about it. Ooh, there's story behind this. And so, um, you know, I just had, I held onto it for a long time and then I found out that Chrissy and her family had a couple of the Moomin books back in the day. And so it was like Christmas time or something, and I I brought it over, and we were all sitting around, you know, having eaten and having some tea and just, like, all huddled together watching the most, like, like the theme song comes on, and you're like, oh, yeah, this is going to be a walk down memory lane, but they're not my memories. (laughs) Yeah. What, What is the theme song, by the way? Like, who sings that? Is it John Mayer? Is it Ben Folds? <laughs> Here to, like, come and watch them on your TV is a lyric. It's a lyric. It's a straight-ass lyric. It's just like, hey, this is a TV show now. <laughs> Pay attention, children. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, it's it's just very cozy. Yeah, you, you say that the, your wife's family had a lot of uh, paraphernalia, I guess. Well, they, uh, they knew about it. They had a few books growing up. They weren't the same one that I had read. Um, but, like, they were able to find an episode on the DVD that was of a story they read in, in their childhood. And they're like, oh, my gosh, this hits it so well. I uh, I don't even know if it's worth pointing out. It probably isn't, but I'm already down this hole. When you said had read, I was going to try to do, like, a had Harry read. Potter yeah. joke. And it doesn't seem like I sold this digression very well. So let's move on. You got to follow the spiders. You got you to gotta follow the spiders. <laughs> so um shall we discuss each character in turn or just like touch on them because they're not hugely well-developed personalities like any actions they take are believable but i couldn't really give you a list of adjectives for most of them uh yeah so like let's uh let's talk about the characters seems right to start with moomin formerly called moomin troll in the in the children's books but for this adaptation he is called moomin he's a good doughboy i like you know he's he's that classic uh Good guy. He's a classic main protagonist. He's full of bright-eyed enthusiasm, as any childhood protagonist should be. I, I only wrote one sentence about him, and I don't remember what I was watching that made me write this. <laughs> um, 
gung-ho and thoughtful, but clearly plays favorites and does not suffer fools. <laughs> Which is... Does not suffer fools. That's a dire way of saying it, but like... They, it's, it's like Dorman from the Shadow of the Colossus is describing him. <laughs> like, it's true, though, right? Like He's thoughtful, but does not suffer fools. Like, Sniff, who is a character who's just sort of like a really whiny, annoying guy. Like, you could tell Moomin hates him. Yeah, rat trap. <laughs> this sort of anteater kangaroo thing. Yeah, uh, I, I don't know about suffer fools. Like that seems a little <laughs> that seems a little weirdly harsh of of you. He he definitely is thoughtful and doesn't as 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 kind spirited as he is. He I maybe mean, does not suffer fools is a good way to put it. Like he he's got a good bullshit detector on him. As, <laughs> yeah, for as much as for as much as he's like a a kind spirited young lad, <laughs> <laughs> like he he doesn't. The, whenever he, little Mai tries to pull any bullshit, he's just like. Cut that shit out. <laughs> yeah, and, like, he clearly has enemies, but they don't seem to notice. Like, uh, Stinky, who is this little, like, I don't know if you remember the fuzzies from Mario, but he's, like, this little lint ball that came to life and decided to be an asshole. Yeah, it seems like a pretty weird dog whistle thing to me, but, I mean, whatever. <laughs> oh, I, I didn't get that. I just know that they called him Stinky, and he was a real asshole. Yeah, um, and he's like, the, he's, like, primarily a thief and is entirely black, Zane. Uh, well, you know, <laughs> he's just, look, I'm not I'm not saying it. The show says it. <laughs> no, like he's he's closer to like some weird like insect than like any any sort of satire or, or trying to make a point. I'm not entirely sure about that, but I'll let it drop. <laughs> um, but when Moomin sees him, he's like, oh, what are you up to now? Mm-hmm. Like he, he he knows his friends. He knows the good people in the world and he knows when you're not one of them. Yeah, there, there's things in certain kids shows that I'm familiar with in the Western audiences where the pretense is that everybody, unless it's specifically stated that these characters have a grudge, if they're all in the same grade, they're all friends. It happened in Arthur. It happened in Hey Arnold, mm-hmm. where like if it wasn't Helga, Arnold was just chill with everyone. And Arthur can be taken advantage of. Moomin cannot. Right. He's too no. sharp. No, no. <laughs> he Never again. <laughs> he he, learn, he shit yeah he, he learns he learns a hard lesson once and only once. Um, um, moving yeah. on, uh, his parents, Moomin Mama, who is just kind of stereotypical cartoon mom. Yeah, um, I didn't I, mind her. Like I didn't mind that she was so stereotyped because she was just very comforting and warm presence. Yeah, this okay. I I have a bit of a conspiracy here. Um. <laughs> Which is I want to I want to divert attention away to a to a different character for a moment because there's not much to say about them. Uh-huh. Uh, which is the narrator. Oh, I kind of forgot that there was a narrator. There is. They don't do much. Uh, no, they they you know sometimes introduce the plot and usually close out the plot. You know, with like a they never did find that shell, but they enjoyed wa- wandering the beach the entire afternoon, and that's a good enough present in it, in and of itself, or something yeah. like that. Oh yeah, you know, <laughs> you know he, he's he's a little bit more close to the PSA kind of thing, but but in kind of a uh, in a classic fairy tale sense where some sometimes it doesn't actually turn out all right, but. You know, his his lesson will be like, well, tomorrow's another day. Mm-hmm. You know, he's he's pretty matter of fact about things. And I think he is a future Moomin grandpa talking to his grandkids. Oh, I like that. Because think about the interpretations that we get of Moomin Mama and Moomin Papa. Yeah, this is kind of like Moomin when he's old. Yeah, and he's, he's yeah. recollecting his childhood adventures. Oh, I like that a lot. 
Yeah, well, let's let's talk about Moomin Mama. She is always a kind, warm presence. She's always wearing an apron. Probably how, you know, Moomin saw her when he's, like, you know, pulling at her apron and she's making cookies or something. This is a, Mm -hmm. like, they all only have one outfit because these are the strongest memories that he has of his parents. Yeah, it's a very close-knit family, like, the family structure. So they're, they're going to be there for a lot of the episodes, even if they don't really leave the house. Right, but Papa, Moomin Papa is a different story. <laughs> oh boy, how does... <laughs> Zane, do you remember Do you remember Uncle Traveling Matt from, from Fraggle Rock? <laughs> My Uncle Traveling Matt. <laughs> yeah, that, where he's I, that... just sort of... He, he has a conception of the world, which is not correct, but is endearing. It's eccentric. He, he's, he's a man out of place. He's, he he's really unstuck be- in time. <laughs> He's a little unstuck in at least this family. Like, he, he seems like he wants to be an adventurer or has aspirations of stardom or something. But like he also needs to, you know, be sure that he's ready at three o'clock to catch the reruns of Matlock. Yeah, he's, I mean, he's such a, such a fragile and large ego. Uh, um, yeah, and he's a little bit British, like in the, in the dear me sort of way. Yeah, in a stiff upper lip kind of way. Mm-hmm. He, yeah, uh, I, I love that dichotomy, though. Yeah, it, it's it's pretty interesting because uh, you know Moom and Mama always comes off as warm and kind hearted. Moom and Papa can, but like it, it's more often he's just incredibly self centered, <laughs> which isn't to say mean spirited. He's just kind of does his own thing, like kind of a mm-hmm. Japanese salaryman sort of uh, father, yeah. which is you know he he's doing his own stuff, and I don't talk to him because I'm only his son, and I'm not the first son, so I'm not going to inherit the business. Yeah, like uh, Moomin comes up to him and is like, hey, we found a boat on the on the beach. He's like, I've always wanted a boat. We're going to fix that boat. Yeah, he uh, in one episode, he tries to write a play, sucks at it, and has his play rewritten by a genie at night. Guys, this is just the thing that happens, okay? <laughs> <laughs> I, I wasn't going to question. Point. I was like, yeah, of course there'd be genies. <laughs> of course he does. Uh, he convinces himself that he sleep wrote it in a fit of creativity. <laughs> And, like, mumbles the entire explanation to himself be- until he finally believes that he did it. Like, he, he convinces <laughs> yeah, himself. that's right. Yeah, like, well, I, I've always said that, you know, I'm more creative in my dreams. In fact, I'm pretty sure I did write this thing. <laughs> like, it's just, he's just very fragile ego. Very clearly not in, not fully in reality. Like, I, I'm wondering almost if Moomin is... Like remembering his parents at different stages of their lives, like after he's kind of his brain started to go a little bit. Has um, it, was there like a reason that the genie showed up and did that? There, there was a reason that the genie was there. It was entirely unrelated to the fact that he <laughs> rewrote a play. Like I don't know why he did that. No one asked him to do that. <laughs> he's just, and he <laughs> seems lazy in general. So it came as a big surprise to me. That's a very nice genie to, without prompting, say like, "Yeah, I'll read your short story." <laughs> yeah, that's the kind of that's the kind of genie you want in your creative writing class. He's very just supportive. There. He's a very supportive genie. Um, how does Moomin Papa do on our three cartoon dad axes? Of <laughs> remind me of what these axes are, Zane. All right, we we have the stupidity axis. Uh-huh. Uh huh. We have the wackiness axis. He's pretty good on the wackiness axis, and we have uh, the axis. loves his family axis. Pretty low on those other two, though. <laughs> like he's just like he's he's just he doesn't really 
feel like the dad to me. He just feels like another <laughs> character that happens to live with them. <laughs> yeah, which is like... Like a, like a hobo that put on a top hat and is like, I'm your dad now. Because family doesn't mean a lot because they all spend a ton of time together. Like, little it Mai takes a village, Zane. lives in their house and hibernates with them, but like... Yeah, does she hibernate or was she just like... <laughs> I don't know, uh, yeah. living there for the winter while this, like, family of mouthless hippos just also cohabitated. I watched an episode, uh, one of the later ones, where they were hibernating and they woke up in the middle of the winter and Moomin and Snork Maiden were sharing a bed. Mm. So I don't know about that. <laughs> Not in my house. <laughs> well, yes, in his house. Moomin Papa doesn't care. <laughs> yeah, he's both asleep, writing his memoirs, and... <laughs> Like he's he's writing he's in a fit of creativity he's writing plays for three months straight and also doesn't give a shit. Papa, we've decided that we're going to get married, uh, possibly because we love each other, but also it uh, you know it's kind of a slow week. Well, well, that's, do, well, as long as you've done your chores, seems 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 fine to me. Hmm? Don't forget to rake the house. You know, like <laughs> rake rake the ceiling. Is no, the rake, of, rake the house is good. He like he doesn't know. <laughs> like he read it on in the like the back of a how to like parenting for dummies. You're right about his ego though, because like uh, there was one episode where Moomin Mama like goes away for a few days and he like just falls apart. Like he yeah, doesn't know what to I, do. I believe it. And he's trying to make pancakes. He's like, well, it's sort of a pancake. <laughs> they're like, yeah. it's really bad. He's like, well, I'll, mm, <laughs> you appreciate me. <laughs> yeah, just just acknowledge my superiority, please. Um, I think they changed the voice actor for him, and possibly a number of other characters. It's just most noticeable for him. I I think I, I got that impression as well, but it didn't seem like his voice was like he's he's one dimensional enough that I didn't really <laughs> it didn't really bug me. Yeah, like it was pretty easy to just put anyone else in that slot and still have it kind of fit. Mm-hmm. Only care about yourself. Be a little British. Got it. <laughs> Do I have to sound like the other guy? Eh. <laughs> like if you, like I don't know if you want extra credit, I guess. I mean, we can put in a five second scene where a genie shows up and changes your voice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we can do that. We can do whatever we want. Honey, you sound different. Well, yeah, hibernation and. Uh... <laughs> yeah, I taught. I taught myself. I took vocal lessons. <laughs> this is French, don't you know? So, um, Snork. Who is who is Snorky? Oh, Snork Maiden. No, well, Snork is Snork Maiden's brother, and he's just, like, a bit depressed of and an inventor. It, they I've don't focus on se- him much. I never saw Snork. Uh, Snork Maiden's more interesting. We can talk about her. Well, sure. Yeah, I, I don't mind that. She is uh, Moomin's love interest, but it's very platonic, which befits the show. It does. Like, I, I don't really need it to be romantic. I, I do like the idea that they eventually get together and, and have their grandkids so that I can keep this you know him him being a old man narrator again this feels uh, like a very like alive. greek myth in that i can't imagine them like boning down so much as just like oh you know we found a child in a cabbage patch and that's ours now yeah this the you know the the circle the, of life the, the, the lava serpent dropped him off <laughs> you go back lava serpent <laughs> i said triplets or nothing <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Snork made it as uh, so. Uh, the another point of reference for him being an old man recounting his uh, his time as a kid, uh, his memories of Snork Maiden are always as like this bastion of purity and goodness. I at least it seems that way to me. I did not find a single personality that stayed with her. Like 
she didn't really have one nailed down. Sometimes she's melodramatic, sometimes she's vain, sometimes she's pragmatic. Like, nothing totally stuck. Mm, I, I, I can see her being a little bit vain, but I, I feel like most of the time she just came off as, like, really gentle. Yeah, and that, you know, that's a hard line when you have so many other, like, very gentle creatures. <laughs> yeah, yeah, this is, I mean, it's it's a scale from one to three on hardness, and it, she's a one, and, like, everyone else is, like, a one and a half. Yeah, and, like, it's weird because that kind of subtlety doesn't come across in this show because, like, everything's subtle. Yeah, like, I, it's... Like, there's no harsh edges in a world made of clouds. That's a good way to put it, and especially because it's so storybook, it, it has the wherewithal to be a little inconsistent and still get the... You can still get the character through by being inconsistent because they don't have to be, you know, an ideal character. They can just mm-hmm. be a person with a lot of inconsistencies, especially considering this is their early life. Like, characters are not suck in their ways. It actually is interesting. Like, I, I feel like Moomin Mama and Moomin Papa are very consistent. Yes, and the kids uh, less and, so. Yeah, I like that. And maybe, maybe uh, it's also his interpretation of snork mating is like this is this was, you know, he's going through puberty. He he, he doesn't understand girls very well, so he's got a very different interpretation of them day to day. It also makes sense, um, you know, from a production standpoint because it's such a long running series, and they didn't turn everything into uh, an episode. So they're probably like you know the characters evolve over time. They do they they're like over time in the books like the the series as a whole gets a little darker because you know if you're writing the same series for decades well i mean i mean like like your life perspective will change yeah i mean you you enough shambling monsters find their way onto moomin's doorstep and like the first few have enough space to roam around but you know you put enough people in an area you're gonna cause some some strife yeah so like by the 60th monster stuff is gonna start you know popping off uh, that's our friend who melts the ground. We just give them space. <laughs> well, okay, well, I hope that other ground... I hope those other five ground melters get along with him. <laughs> oh, they're, they're making fun of him. <laughs> no, they're making earthquakes of him. <laughs> um, uh, little Mai? Little, little Mai, I really, I really enjoyed. Yeah, she's great. <laughs> she's vicious. I love her. She's vicious garbage. <laughs> she's got a good heart like the others, but she's not nearly as wholesome. No, she's she's deceitful and I don't know. She she's very like underhanded. Yeah, when uh when Moom and Mama goes off for a while and like none of them know how to prepare or get food, um, little Mai leaves and says, like, Oh, you know, I, I feel like my sister hasn't seen me for some time and you seem like you're going through some hardship that you may want to deal with alone. <laughs> uh, yeah. She's this she's this great little like shrewish like figure yeah she, she's, she's like imp. she's impish. impish she uh you know like there's a there's an episode where she and snork made and get really excited for uh to go to a fancy ball or something and they both love the prospect of going with moomin mm-hmm. and you know she 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 ex- exhibits some real catty shit you know like we're <laughs> like well you don't have to go with moomin maybe you'll find a prince at the ball absolutely not obviously moomin wants to go with me or something i don't know remember or Her- like <laughs> Like, uh, you know, um, uh, maybe they're, like, openly flirting with each other, and Mai is just kind of in the background, kind of just, just just being nasty, <laughs> just being a little, little yeah, shit. Yeah, her, her voice and, like, her, um, 
character model kind of make me think that she's like an old woman who got shrank down or something. Yeah. Like, um, it, it who does was that, feel like that. Who was that character in Tenchi Muyo who was, um, Oh, Washu. Washu, yeah. Kind, kind of like very smart and sly, but still enjoys being childish. Yeah. It, I like, I, I would not, like, if, 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 it, if a scene opened up, like, you know, if Snork made him be like, I'm feeling depressed. And you could very much see little Mai just kind of coming up and being like, well, I hadn't thought of that. Uh, I'm sorry to hear that, but have you considered going and fucking yourself or something like that? Like, <laughs> <laughs> Or whatever the finish is for that. Yeah. Yeah. Like little <laughs> weird redheaded hibernating imps say the darndest things. Like, I feel like she doesn't realize how mean she's being. But- she's just... I don't but know. that makes it all the better when she has a good time because everybody else kind of is always happy. Um, but when she like rides a kite into the sky because she's small enough to hang on to it, mm-hmm. she hollers and shouts, and it's just so heartwarming. I can see that. Yeah, I, I really liked it when she it was enjoying herself or when she was getting along with people. Mm-hmm. It just like was pretty. No, you're not rare, but rarer than anyone else in the show. She's like she's she's a great I don't know. character. She's really good. I I love seeing negative like common negative character traits like underhandedness or 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 you know cattiness or whatever articulated in a character whom obviously is good it yeah. like has a good heart i've never doubted her heart for a second she's it's, just a shit That's and it's all. awesome to see other characters treat that the way that it should be treated like not getting into a big fight or like you know putting them on blast just like either oh that's just how they're acting or like oh come on that's not nice and moving on Yes, acknowledging, you know, n- not not normalizing it, but also not, uh, you know, taking, making not, it, not, making yeah, not beating it into the ground. Yeah, super yeah, good. So I, she she's like an excellent interpretation of a kind of person, and I, mm-hmm. I thought that was really good. Like uh, it, it in the in the cosmology wherein Moomin uh, as a grandpa is telling this story to his kid to his uh, grandkids. Um, little Mai is very clearly a childhood friend. Like mm-hmm. it's someone that he he got into a lot of scrapes with, and you know maybe they didn't always. Th- th- there was clearly love there, even if they were feuding at times. Yeah, she's always up for adventure. Um, there's two more characters uh, kind of worth talking about. I, first, I only have one more character we're talking about. Well, well, let's mention Sniff briefly. Okay, sure. Uh, he's that kangaroo anteater we mentioned, and he is awful. Yeah, he he is straight up Hundred Acre Woods character stuff. Yeah, he's like an annoying coward with a stuffy nose. So like, even his voice is really grating. Mm-hmm. Um, the characters in the show barely hold him above contempt. <laughs> yeah, they have a real hard time giving him the time of day. <laughs> um, like they invite him to go on adventures, but he's gonna complain the whole time. Yeah, and like maybe that's another one of those things. Like, well, little little Mai, like she's like the. Even if she's obnoxious, or or even if she's mean spirited, she's charismatic. Yeah, like this is something I think didn't translate well from the books. Maybe that maybe that's it. Because in the books, like I think he was more of like I don't know, guys. That doesn't seem like such a good idea. And here's and here he's like I don't know, guys. I don't you want to just go home and eat? Yeah, it like he he might have been more a little a little bit more like Linus in uh from Peanuts in in the books, but mm-hmm. here he comes off pretty annoying. Um. Yeah, moving on to the greatest character. Good Lord, Zane, how did this happen? <laughs> it's it's what everybody's favorite guy. <laughs> yeah, he's great. Okay, Snufkin, <laughs> we have to talk about him for like 
an hour and a half. So this is like the Christopher Robin type who comes in and out of Hundred Acre Woods no. and brings tales of the of the far off land and is just generally smarter than you. Yeah, he's like Gandalf. <laughs> like he he knows that he's he's like a semi-retired adventurer who's going to get called out for missions every now and again, but has kind of figured out where he wants to live permanently. Yeah. I don't know. This character's fascinating. And First he, of all, his costume is extremely cute. Yeah, he looks like a scarecrow uh, or like Gino from Mario RPG. Scarecrow's a really good one, and it, it goes along really well with this character trait of his, which he's always like playing the harmonica. Yeah, oh, that beautiful song hat. he does. And there's only, do you, do, like, I, I actually don't remember the song. Can you, like, see if you can find a clip or something, because... Yeah, I mean, I'll cut it in. Good. Yeah, and uh, apparently, like, kind of only two, his, like, only two permanent possessions are, like, his hat and his harmonica. And like, he's just he this wanderer who's in touch with nature. Just doesn't set down roots. Like, this oh. is the clearest... I don't know. He he loves visiting the Moomins, but every winter he goes away as they hibernate. And one time Moomin was like, do, you know, do you have to go away? I really want to come with you and spend time with you. And he's like, no, you know, like, I, I'm i a wanderer. I need my independence, but you know I love you and I'll be back. He, I love his fierce neutrality and independence. <laughs> he's- it's so nice to, like, see a person who, honestly, like, you know, that, you know, you know, the idea that, like, in our age group, there are some people who sort of shame pe- peers uh, for not, like, settling down and having kids. Mm-hmm. Like, whether it's intentional or not, there is, like, this notion of, oh, you're old enough. This is what you should be doing. Yeah. And I think more people are becoming comfortable with the idea that we don't need to all do exactly what our parents did and settle down, move to the burbs, and squat out some children. Yeah, this is a real adventurer for the modern age he's he's like the best depiction of what like he's he's a case study in why that's necessary because i couldn't (laughs) see him with a family he's his own man and as much as he appreciates these human connections he at the end of the day he he was born to travel and everyone he's the rambling man everyone (laughs) respects him like yeah he's like a village hero like so one time he's he's on the move like oh spring came a little early this year and so he he hasn't returned to moomin valley yet and you see him camping in the woods and like this like uh rat weasel thing comes up and starts talking to him he's like oh my god you're you're snuff you're You're, him you're amazing i've heard all about you um please give me a name because i don't have a name wow That's that's extremely good. Movement <laughs> movement lore is amazing. Like I don't have a name. I'm going to search for the hero of the hero of Moomindum to get to grant me my name. <laughs> he he only grants it when you catch him at a fire in between the solstice. <laughs> Does feel like that. Um, I love Snufkin. Um, yeah, he's got a nice deep voice, and he, he's so precocious for his size. He has only positive characteristics like he's calm when he has to be he stands up for himself when he has to he's curious he's nice but he's firm like oh so good he also doesn't like in rap he doesn't wrap himself into the kind of minor political minutiae that goes on in moominville with with like he's a little above it all he's he's just like 
He's but very not in the annoying, sure. like, oh, I'm above it all kind of way. No, no, he's he's beyond it all. He's outside of it. <laughs> he's outside of it. Where does he go during the winter? It's he's not like, clear. It's he's he goes back to other like five other Moominvilles like in his former life that <laughs> he's he just cheating kinda, on them. <laughs> yeah, he's he's starting up franchises. <laughs> he doesn't experience time the same way, so he splits himself into five so that he doesn't become too powerful and lose touch with the common man. No, man, I'm serious. He like I feel like he's had a a, a few former lives, a few mm-hmm. former lives that he not necessarily distances himself from, but like he's like, okay, well that chapter of my life is over. I'll visit every now and again, but let's do this now. I, it, I would believe any number of. Pa- I, I it's don't know. Like, I, wanna, it's, I want a montage where he is going. He he is like wandering through a bunch of biomes, saving innocent people from various natural disasters, like Moses Lack when he's the Fan Man. It's you know just just like a, a ton a of cut, like a ton of weird like history of him in different in different settings. It's just being it's, generally heroic and good. It's like a reverse um, Narnia, where in like those books, normal kids show up in this fantasy land and save everything it's like this fantastical rando comes into our like forests and just like just kind of raises the average of the world in terms of goodness yeah he's he's the most fascinating thing in moomin lore like there there are monsters floating about he's way cooler than everything i just i don't I don't know why he's so good. Yeah, I, I actually, I'm, I'm having a hard time realizing, I don't know if it's easy to hear why I, he's amazing. I, I think Gandalf as a kid really does describe it. Yeah, a little bit. Like like Gandalf who, who didn't get world weary. Like he still, he loves hobbits. He absolutely loves hobbits. He's not a hobbit, but he enjoys being around them. And he's got other <laughs> shit to do some of the time. But you know he's going to come back because, you know, that's where his heart is. Other it's... than, you know, the road. I, I, Yeah. The idea of just a traveling protagonist. I remember one time we had a D&D game. Uh-huh. And uh, uh, like a play-by-post thing. And I had this one character, a ranger, who, you know... He didn't really trust civilized society for a number of reasons, and you eventually epilogued the uh, entire story, and the epilogue for him was, you know, he, sometimes he joins other adventurers, he, but he, he never really settles down, and by the, at the end of the day, he's his own man. He's always wandering, mm-hmm. he's always, always having new experiences, and I'm like, that's the perfect, that's the perfect thing for him to do. That's, he shouldn't settle down. Every, every hero needs to die in battle or walk off into the sunset. Yeah, we we don't we can't see like except for Samwise, you, you, but like you, that's a very specific circumstance. You you can't throw a he- you can't have a hero do like his whole Narnia thing and then throw him into six seasons of a Seinfeld show. Like <laughs> yeah, you you either you, know, like, you either die happening. the hero or live long enough for live long enough to see yourself become Kramer. Uh, I don't know if you've ever watched the the Netflix show The Magicians based on a book. No, Ulysses has been telling me about it though. It's weird. Um, I heard it was like. Harry Potter for adults, or it's something like that. Extremely brutal. I'm um, glad to hear that. It's like live action JoJo's, but yeah, Harry Potter ish. Like JoJo's Ooh. in the brutality. Um, Fighting gold. But uh, have you heard it, the fifth? It, saying, have you a, heard the fifth season yes, intro yet? Yes. I just I wanted to make sure because it's very <laughs> important to me. Um, but but the idea is this kid who like read all of the Narnia-ish books of that world, uh, discovers that it's real, 
mm. and then gets wizard school and then goes to the place and it's just a real shithole and he's but like where's the magic gone he's like we gotta we gotta fix this and they're like no you don't understand like you the stories are disneyfied <laughs> like this place that's is great. garbage that's excellent i'm so glad to hear that it i it was good but i don't want to watch anymore <laughs> It's one of the coolest things to me about this show, honestly, is uh-huh. like that, like you can see a more Disneyfied version of this existing, and it just being unwatchable almost. Yeah, it has to be true to the spirit, and sometimes the spirit got weird. <laughs> sometimes the spirit was legitimately just a like a malevolent spirit who haunted you. All right, uh, it has come to the part where I am going to look down this list of Moomin characters, name one, and you tell me what on earth you think that is. Oh, before we go on, one more thing about Snufkin, because, like, I wanted to impress the point that, like, I really do believe that he's had a ton of adventures, and we only get context clues by his behavior, and I wanted to voice one of, like, the dialogue moments for it. Yeah. Uh, In one episode, he finds Moomin trying to make a canoe by hollowing out a tree. Moomin wanted to surprise everyone, so he's a little upset that Snufkin found out too early, to which Snufkin replies, I'll just forget I saw it. Goodness, can you really do that? All you have to do is think about something else and it's gone. I can forget about anything if I want to. And he just turns around and walks away. Just walks away. (laughs) Yeah, he's just like... "Mm -hmm." (laughs) <laughs> it's like oh he really can't forget about anything how many lifetimes has he have, has he forgotten every conversation with him is an aesop's fable it's amazing that he's letting you visit it's so good <laughs> okay uh, so, sorry i needed to get that off my chest that's great and like everyone if you don't understand why he's so cool give it a shot like it's it is a kid's show but there's so much personality in it and every scene with him in it just Man, I'll say it again. Bursting with creativity. <laughs> yeah. uh, Very clearly like the mentor that Granddad Moomin looked up to, right? Yeah, like he's definitely like Mary sued up a bit. Yeah, which is fine because it's articulated in an extremely unique way. Mm-hmm. So yeah, what were you saying? Uh, it has come to right. what time? So give me your best guess. Who are the nibblings? Fuck. Are they those like weird like uh, thingamy and bob dudes? Nope, Thingamy and Bob are, like, tricksters that are, like, messing up with the Hobgoblin, which is a, who is a person you absolutely should not fuck with. <laughs> it, like, I thought they were, like, honestly, I just, I like, not to be normative, but I just thought they were, like, the local special needs children. <laughs> um, I'm looking up, I remember them from the books barely. I think they just, like, wander around name. and steal things. Yeah, just be shitty, I don't know. <laughs> There's a lot of them. I, I don't know what the nibblings are. Uh, the nibblings are small aquatic creatures with chew off people's noses if they are too long. That's uh, amazing. <laughs> and they and they enjoy doing multiplication tables. <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> like symbiotic beaver like teeth trimmers? Uh let's so see weird. here. Uh who's the jockster? I fuck if I know. <laughs> is, he, is he like Coach Z? No, this is uh, so. This is Snufkin's father, who is the very lazy. is Snufkin's father, childhood friend of Moomin Papa, who me? is very lazy and had an affair with the Mimble. <laughs> Are you kidding me? <laughs> they Not had affairs in this. Um, ben, what do you um, what do you think the island ghost does in his spare time? Well, the island. Okay, so I, the island ghost. Correct me if I'm wrong. <laughs> 
he goes into inhabits other islands just to see what it's like to have be on an inhabited island because his island is uninhabited and he discovers that he's really not good at haunting <laughs> Uh, yes, he does uh, move from island to island, but also he takes up knitting to to soothe his nerves. Zane, I had no context for that. That was a guess. Uh, that's pretty close. Nice. Cool. Uh, I don't another. know if he moves between... Uh, oh, it, it says, like, he haunts several islands. Oh, okay. Yeah, he's poly islander. Um, let's see. Give me one more. <laughs> ben, there's so many good ones. Give me another one. Oh, the dweller under the sink. Man, these names. <laughs> I think that's a Witcher contract in, in Witcher Three: <laughs> Wild Hunt. I mean, this was this one's not. I mean, it's exactly what it sounds like. Uh, but it's worth mentioning he has very bushy eyebrows. Okay, fair enough. Kind of like a a woolly willy kind of thing. Uh, let's just some other names that I like. Yeah, uh, we have Daddy Jones. <laughs> Daddy Jones. We have the Lady of the Cold. Uh, I did see the Lady of the Cold. She's extremely creepy, and like honestly, that's when it started looking Miyazaki to me. Uh huh. Yeah. Oh, the Grok is very Miyazaki. Uh, oh, is that the one that I'm thinking of? The Grok, the big purple, like grimace-looking yes. thing that <laughs> yeah, yeah, is winter always grimace. cold and only seeks warmth and love, but can never have it. Yes, winter grimace. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. Winter depression grimace. Uh, that, that's that was my favorite. Like. <laughs> Happy Meal toy. <laughs> God, just every idea that this person ever had, and like that were spawned of nightmares. Certainly, the way that two like just handled these nightmares is to manifest them onto the page and just put them in a place where they could do no harm. Yeah, so that, that's that's the way I'm interpreting this this property. That that kind of gets into the finishness of this. Mm. Because the, most of the show is very wholesome and calm. It's like, like a children's book where the worst thing that can happen to you is like, oh, your pie fell off the windowsill. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, just the weird dark stuff that happens. Is, the internet informs me that Finnish humor is very dark. Um, it is sarcastic and self-deprecating. And there is a cultural comfort with silence and a shared value of humility and simplicity. Yeah, um, I, I, I can see what you mean. I, it I comes found, through in the dialogue, certainly. I found some Finnish uh, jokes. Okay. <laughs> wow, you did a lot of research. <laughs> I. You really when else am I going to be able to talk about Finnish stereotypes? Yeah, you got to do it now. Um, my, uh, I, I found a website that has some. Uh, I'll put it up in the show notes. But my favorite is useful Finnish phrases like that has like translations, like things that you should say in Finland. Mm. Uh, is it okay if I bring my laptop into the sauna? Well, um, I don't understand. So the Finnish people don't like talking to each other, but they do love saunas. Huh. So uh, just so that they have something else to do? I guess. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, here's another useful Finnish phrase. How many of your uncles committed suicide this year? Well, wow. <laughs> Why? Why uncles? <laughs> I don't specifically, know. Uncles specifically? <laughs> uncles specifically. Okay. Uh, here's the next one. I can eat glass. It does not hurt me at all. <laughs> that's amazing. That's like a, that's like something Macho Man Randy Savage would say. <laughs> the Finns are very strange people. And here's the final one. Is it true that in the Finnish Christmas tradition, Santa Claus used to be a wild boar that would eat children? <laughs> Man. I think that's very happy with Finland right now. <laughs> Finland's yeah, you guys get a gold star. 
in that, guys get in, a gold egg in that webcomic uh, Scandinavia in the world. Usually, it's like uh, you know Sweden and Denmark and Norway, and they like one's uptight and one's more of a slob. And then yeah. sometimes Finland shows up, and it's just a guy with a knife. <laughs> if uh, if you are interested in that kind of region uh, and like the culture therein, and and you want to read a webcomic that features a lot of that uh, hmm. Finnish and uh, Scandinavian kind of stuff. Um, there's this webcomic called Stand Still, Stay Style, Stay Style, Stay, oh God, Stand Still, <laughs> Stay Silent. Yeah. And it's, uh, I, I haven't read it in a while, but it's still on my bookmarks for webcomics because I remember enjoying it a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it's sort of like a apocalypse future kind of, uh, humanity is, is, has been beaten back to a very minor portion of the world because North America has been overrun and they make expeditions out there and like just uncover a ton of fucked up stuff going on mm-hmm. like a, a ton of kind of that uh you know um the 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 aesop fable kind of like the dark fairy tale kind of things that you were mentioning sure um and it's got a yeah i i, I really enjoyed how like it's not my favorite webcomic but i remember a lot of the same things that i like here i like there because it was that that lends into a culture that wasn't normal for me. Yeah. So it, it, it just was more interesting than it otherwise would have been. Absolutely. Which may, maybe is, maybe is not a selling point in and of itself, but you know, there's either, there's no standard for enjoyment. Mm-hmm. What was one of the, what were some of the things you liked about the, you know, the weird parts in the show where they meet Satan? I, are, is Hob, is the Hobgoblin Satan? He's implied to be like, a the devil who's amoral and just kind of hangs out i well I, like he's I like more the, of an elder thing but like yeah, a really minor elder thing well okay so let's uh elder thing junior yeah th- i mean that's that's the interesting thing about um this wh- who is this where where I, i'm trying to look at the yeah so that that goes into the tone and lore kind of thing which is the deep lore of this show mm-hmm. if you jump around if you jump around at all, like we, like I assume you did, without like reading it from episode to episode. If you do episode to episode, I bet some of this stuff is a little bit easier to digest. Yeah, because you you go into an episode and there's just an invisible girl, and everyone's just like, "Oh, you know how Ninny gets." Yeah, it feels like it was written during a trance. If you just jump into a <laughs> random episode, oh, so, they're on an island now. So okay. when the when the genie in the lamp uh, comes out and he's. I don't know. He, he speaks with a real Jersey accent too, which is kind of <laughs> funny. He's like, "Yeah, I could do it if I wanted to," uh, or or whatever. He he speaks with some sort of weird accent that you don't expect from a genie. Uh, the genie is it, it's revealed that he can only do one thing a week, and when you wish him to do something to get you something, he just steals it from someone else, and that's his <laughs> wish granting ability. And it's deemed so dangerous that Snufkin wishes for the hobgoblin who I haven't heard of before this point, uh, to, to, uh, to come to, uh, like to, for, for, for him to find the hobgoblin, mm-hmm. um, who, who's this weird impish creature that's dressed like a stage magician and rides through the sky on a panther, like a twisted budget version of Santa. <laughs> <laughs> and the reason well, Ben, Snufkin, Santa's a wild boar that eats children. The reason that Snufkin does this is because the only safe place for this lamp is on another planet and the only one who can put it there is the Hobgoblin. Yeah, that sounds right. And all of those elements are introduced one minute from the end of the episode. 
<laughs> like, I've never heard of any of this before. They got to gerrymander this bullshit. <laughs> it's like, where, where did, like, when? When and how? Um, yeah. So, like, so that was probably my favorite part of the Hobgoblin was just, I like, do... he was just mentioned. <laughs> like, oh, the devil lives over there. Let's get him to, like, let's get him to move shit for us. Yeah, we found his hat and it turned apple cores into clouds and, like, you know. <laughs> That's what it does. Like, we figured that out. Thankfully, no one was hurt. <laughs> this time. <laughs> yeah, definitely this time. Nobody's uncles died, so, like, whatever. You know, the power of love saved us, but it very easily didn't have to. <laughs> like, it could have gone the other way. <laughs> Um, one thing that sticks with me is just the, uh, visual of the antlion. I don't know if you saw this guy. I didn't. Um. Antlions are weird. Yeah. So instead of, like, a bug thing that lives, like, it still lives in a cone of sand like antlions do. Mm-hmm. Um, but this looked like a malnourished dog covered in soot. <laughs> okay. Like, mangy and sticking out at all directions and just completely blackened. And mm-hmm. he's interacting with, like, this this little cherub hippo hippo and this like knowledgeable scarecrow and you're like this kind of this is upsetting i love knowledgeable star- scarecrow <laughs> knowledgeable scarecrow is best scarecrow <laughs> if only he had a brain he's got too many brains he's got like five brains from his previous five moomin towns that he rolled through <laughs> oh, and just like, was he harvesting them yeah he harvested them like that dragon ball z movie <laughs> that's why moomin papa doesn't know what's going on <laughs> Moonpapa was there for each of these previous siphonings, and that's why he can't remember anything, is because <laughs> Snufkin took his memories as a warning. <laughs> you Listen. say Snufkin's like a like a Johnny in the Cornfield kind of character? <laughs> yeah. I'm going to kill everyone, but I'm just going to take your memories, because guess what? They The other people who died, they're not the warning. You're the warning. <laughs> oh, I, like, you say this, but I can't see it. <laughs> No, he's too good-natured. No, I could definitely see other people. I could see the Hobgoblin pulling this shit. But- <laughs> the Hobgoblin would do that, and stuff <laughs> would just be like, oh, it looks, like, looks like it's time to move on, you know? They're like, we found your rubies, and they're like, you took it, you had it for too long. I'm stealing your memories. <laughs> <laughs> but he doesn't say any of it. They just they just talk about it afterward, like, oh, that must have happened. <laughs> that, that must be what happened. <laughs> time for supper. <laughs> uh yeah, yeah they, do, they do just take a lot of time to, like, chat about an adventure for a bit and go for a walk. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. there's maybe slight rising action, and then they just go back to the house for dinner. Yeah, because that's the thing. I, I was talking about it before, but the show is so laid back. Mm-hmm. And and it might not be coming through with all the weird shit that we're throwing at you guys, it, audience. It, we, but... we, we, we talk about it a lot because it's so jarring after everything else. Yeah, but like it, it's not that much of the show where like the Hobgoblin or, or anything like that shows up. Most of the time, it's a pretty mundane activity articulated in a fun way with characters that are genuinely interesting or at least, you know sufficiently doughy to enjoy yeah he's writing a book that's the focus the genie is just there yeah the genie is just a way to get them to move the book along the the genie is the ants who eat your picnic food so that you have to make more like it's a natural (laughs) byproduct of the world yeah and i want to i want to uh go into the tone the i wouldn't go into another piece of the tone yeah which is just that it's so fucking cute like yeah. this is it's a heartwarming it's hot chocolate feel goods that you get from a romance <laughs> story 
And it's and it doesn't have any of that awkward or heartbreaking or need to tell a moral kind of friction to get in the way of just enjoy your afternoon, guys. And enjoy spending time with each other. Like this is this comes from those Finnish values of humility and simplicity. Simplicity is the way to go here. Can I can I give you one example? Yeah, please. So in one episode, there's a fancy ball in Moomin Valley. Because, and I'm quoting here, we haven't had one in a few years. That's the reason. <laughs> it's been a while, you know, and like... <laughs> <laughs> I'd enjoy another one. <laughs> yeah, uh, we haven't had a ball in a while. <laughs> Snork Maiden gets all excited to go. Then her hopes get dashed one by one. Moomin is late to meet her, and she ends up going alone. She loses the wig that she was going to wear, because you got to wear wigs to a fancy ball. I don't know, man. Yeah, because she's so hideous otherwise. <laughs> <laughs> the and then like the mysterious stranger that she meets on the way turns out to be you know kind of kind of a dickish like uh blue-blooded kind of oh i say i would never you uh-huh. know he, he comes across as a prince charming at first but he, he's really full of himself and you know she gets fed up and leaves before she actually gets to the ball and only to encounter snufkin who's waiting there in the woods and directs snork made into the river wherein moomin was busy finishing carving a raft and offers her a moonlit gondola ride. Oh, that's so sweet. I know. And, you know, Snufkin's just chilling there like the best matchmaker there ever was. (laughs) I am the most glorious wizard and they don't even know it. He, like, touches his finger to his straw hat and he's just like, my work here is done. Oh, that little... That little tap that he does. Like, that little tap, that double tap. That little you're welcome, ma'am, to no one in particular. Yes, to the world, to, <laughs> to the, the audience. <laughs> you're welcome for the gift of me. You like that? I know I did that, but I'm not going to brag. <laughs> so, like, and, and a different show could have handled that episode differently, right? They, they would have put more emphasis on the art, uh, on the arc of Moomin being a jerk, uh-huh. or would underline something with like a lesson of just accepting the you know the the accepting the night as it comes and not having high expectations it would have underlined any of that it would have been retributive 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 to mm-hmm. the jerk and here yes. we just move he on with our lives and ignore him right and he probably had a fine time at the ball we don't care yeah, it's, it's not the it's point not our business <laughs> it's not our business he's doing his own thing let him do his thing <laughs> Yeah, it, it doesn't care. The show doesn't care about resolution. It cares about telling a story. Mm-hmm. And like the best stories, this one just doesn't have much of a point. I don't know if that's true of the best stories, but I, I know what you mean. <laughs> you, you know what I mean. I mean, like, I feel like the best stories are ones that don't tell you. Well, maybe not don't have a point, but don't tell you what the point is. Yeah, they're they're just they're, these are things that happened and and gain insight from them how you can. Yeah. Yeah. And, and like for that reason. Because it is that kind of rambling story that doesn't really go anywhere, but there are nuggets of truth and wisdom in it if you really, if you really hunt for them. Mm-hmm. That was the first thing that kind of made me think that, you know, maybe this is a story that Grandpa Moomin is telling to his grandkids. This, this is just a very special and unique show. Yeah. Um, I, I I get the sense that you really like it. I do. <laughs> Which I don't think you were expecting necessarily. I, was, I, I really wasn't. It like I mean, it looks. <laughs> I don't know. Every time you show me cutie dough shit, I get I like I my shields go up. I'm expecting more fruits and or baskets. So I I, I was I was 
you know, cautious going in. And then I saw the Skull Kid was doling out Gandalf advice, and I'm like, okay, well, fine. I guess we're here now. I'm on on board. Mm. Yeah, you did. And that's such an easy costume to do for Halloween. Like, thank God no one would get it. (laughs) No one would need to. Which is my my favorite costume now. (laughs) My favorite costumes are one that exactly a single person understands. (laughs) One person that I see at the con see like sees like is that fucking Snuffkin? And you're like, you know it is. (laughs) (laughs) No, you don't say you know it is. You say yes, my child. Would you like a name? (laughs) Would you like a name? No, I start random fires. No, no, no. no, I just do. I just. They they do that and I just do the double tap on the on the straw hat and it's just like with a knowing <laughs> smile and then walk away. <laughs> Brilliant. Uh, that gesture is so good. Uh, are you good for tone and genre? Shall we move into uh, animation? Uh, there. I mean, there were a couple more points that I wanted to yeah go ahead talk about. Well, one is that um, in addition to the storytelling not really being focused on a moral, it's also just. That may may think like when I say laid back, that may that might lead you to believe that it doesn't have much detail or personality, but it could not be further from the truth. Uh huh. Like the story might not be a cohesive, it might not be direct, but it's always very involved, and it's a satisfying nonlinear way to tell a story. Uh-huh. So the the one episode where I was thinking about that was that winter spirit that you talked about comes to kind of hound the Moomin family every night to get something back from Thigamy and Bob who stole, I don't know, just some fancy jewelry from them. Yeah. And the two of them won't tell anyone what they have, so the family's so the family enlists Snork Maiden to kind of butter them up and get them to basically be their hostage negotiator. (laughs) (laughs) And like, it throws Little Mai into a jealous rage because Snork Maiden gave a precious gift to Moomin and it turns out the Winter Spirit wants something previous that Thingamy and Bob stole, but Moomin Mama compromises a trade and gives Moomin's precious gift away to keep everyone safe. And the precious gift happened to be a shell that Snork Maiden gave him, and he told her, I'll kiss it every night before I go to sleep. Like, there's just a lot going on, and there's a lot of personality that gets expressed, Mm -hmm. and none of it's very high stakes, and it doesn't really need to be, you know, wrapped up in a nice little bone. It really does feel just very, like... This is me telling you the story of my day, honey. These are the these are the events <laughs> yeah. that happened. They were interesting to me for these reasons. These are the emotions I had, the human connections I shared. No, it didn't end with like a climactic battle, but there was a lot to it, and I'm glad you're here to listen to me and give me your attention. That it it is the difference yeah. between giving somebody directions to get through the park and actually walking through the park. Walking through the park with them. That's the show. Yep. That's what a good way to put it. Like yes, there will be plot beats. But it's more about just taking everything in as you go. Yeah, like a vacuum cleaner, like a Roomba. And and given like the setting and the source material, um, the focus on the natural world really suits this type of storytelling. Like the season and the time of day, mm-hmm. um, like it's it's always very noticeable, and you can feel it even if like it's not directly bearing on what's happening. Yeah, I I I would agree with that. Like you, you know when the day is winding down, and they're going to have to, you know, move, go inside soon. Sure. Yeah, and you know, I it, it it's interesting because like that does signal that the that the generally signals that the show is winding down because it, it communicates a lot of things tonally and not really logically. Uh huh. And and that is, you know, it, it, again with the grandpa telling his his kids a story, like you can you can paint them a picture. 
or or you can walk through the park with them as you said and you don't really need to know the specific i'm at I'm having a hard time explaining this. I want you to imagine a game of Pikmin with no enemies. That would be amazing. <laughs> you you go around, you know, it's like it's like uh, you know, Harvest Moon or something. Like Harvest Moon, yeah. You go around, you're doing like some journey. upkeep stuff, you're checking out the scene, maybe you bring something back home and check it out there, you know, you're just enjoying the company in the day. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, this is the 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 thrill of exploration is 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 half of it but it's not really all of it the other half is uh is just like a warm community yeah. it's that, it's that weird i mean and that's what harvest moon really capitalizes on you have the exploration and then you also have the sense of security and prosperity that comes with or or with stardew valley that comes with just finding out more about the people that you love uh-huh. and and it's okay if you explore the same like a place that you've already been that's not the point it's okay if you go back there because you enjoyed it, and now you're going back there with a friend, and it's a new experience all over again. That that shit happens constantly. Like, Moomin will go somewhere, and he's like, whoa, you gotta check this shit out. Go back and get Sniff for whatever reason, and, like, go and show him this weird new plant that he found. And then <laughs> go to Moomin Mama, make, make and sure Moomin he knows like, that we oh. did this and not him. Y- yes. <laughs> uh, yeah. yeah. So, yeah, I, I think I agree with you. Like, I think that the twin methods of endearing itself to me in this show are exploration and community Mm -hmm. i think that those are the those are the main two and it helps that both of those elements have a have a have a darkness attached to them that yeah isn't the focus but it's impossible to pick apart yeah and and i you know you mentioned calvin and Hobbes earlier and i think that's a a very american counterpoint i i think so too that's a great point because most most cartoon strips of that demographic do not feature as much heavy material as Bill Watterson is able to articulate. Like that there's, there's some pretty heavy stuff on that, like having Hobbs get lost and just being uh, like mortally afraid for a loved one. Even, even if he's a stuffed tiger, you feel it very strongly. There's that episode. There's that one uh, storyline where Calvin cares for a wounded bird and then the bird dies or, or maybe it was like a, a yeah, or yeah. something. That hit me really hard as a kid. <laughs> I wasn't used to seeing death articulated in such a matter-of-fact, life-goes-on sort of way, and it made it very powerful. Yeah, and just the fact that you weren't expecting to see it there. Mm-hmm. Um, looking just briefly at the animation, I wanted to mention a common, yeah, let's go into animation. A common thing there is Tuve was a painter in addition to an author and did a lot of impressionist work. Um, which I think is a is sort of the feeling you can get from Calvin and Hobbes as well, um, but like it's it's much more ethereal than in terms of like the way it looks and the way it feels than a lot of other cartoons. I mean, setting wise, I certainly think that's true. I don't know if it really articulates in the animation that much. Well, well, what I mean is, you know, the backgrounds kind of fit into a storybook, like a children's book, but yeah. the, they have a dreamlike quality um, where. You know, like geographically, it might not make sense, but you get the feeling of like hills warmly surrounding you. You see mountains off in the distance, like it's a good day. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I, I, I guess I, I guess I know what you mean. Uh, speaking more of the animation, uh, I, I do have to say, you know, it's kind of choppy. <laughs> uh, it's, it's these, this, this is not the framework I am used to anymore. So, it, yeah, it carries with it all its standard limited animation kind of caveats, but. It's also very charming. 
Yeah, no, I mean, it I, works I pretty like well because they're so rounded. It, it It's because of the doughiness. Like, everything feels very ponderous when they are moving. Mm-hmm. And, and honestly, it feels like Snufkin moves, like, a little bit more nimbly when he's playing his harmonica, which I appreciate. Yeah, and, like, the, you know, the Moomins kind of wobble and, and they, waddle they around. I they're soft and lumpy i love these things yeah moomins moomins wobble and then they fall down and then they they roll like a lot and then tea and then tea and and carpets yo (laughs) um but compared to the simplicity of the characters the most detailed part of this show is like trees and leaves it's so deliberate you know like Mm -hmm. I, i feel like everything is they want you to be there they're not just getting through it because they wanted to pitch an episode out. They are like, well, let's live in reality. We can't have, you know, 60 frames a second or whatever, but, or however many they're actually supposed to put. I I should actually know this little tidbit, but whatever. Uh, you know, we, we can't have all the frames we want to make it look continuous because, you know, we, we still have uh, retrograde, not retrograde, uh, but like, you know, previ- <laughs> previous decades. Uh, the movements are in retrograde. The horoscope <laughs> is shit. <laughs> They're using previous decade animation techniques. So, of course, you're going to encounter that. But but it's it's treated with a care, you know, as like the intro, the opening intro plays and it has Moomin like kind of rousing himself and rubbing his eye and getting and like getting out of bed. And it it's choppy. It's limited animation, but it's also very purposeful. You know, it, mm-hmm. it's not just, you know, it, they don't ever focus on a background while people are talking when they can look at the people talking themselves. Yeah, well, I should mention um, for the intro, it's it's kind of like what we saw in Kirby, where the American one or the UK one is um, more of a clip show showing scenes from the show itself, sure. whereas the Japanese one is kind of... Um, it, it's its own stuff. So, like in the Japanese intro, um, they kind of walk through a forest and have like a like a slow dance around each other for a while. That's that's it's pretty Japanese. Yeah, it's also like a weird ballad. The, the only reason I mention it is because I see it every episode, and I'm always like pretty into the way Moomin's body articulates in that mm-hmm. kind of wake up animation. Yeah. So, what? Uh, how about the ending song? Uh, can you remind me what it is? <laughs> they love the laughter and they love the living the moments. Yeah, it's not my favorite. I, I pretty quickly, like, opted out <laughs> almost every time. Chrissy loves it. <laughs> yeah, I believe you. <laughs> I, I like it a lot, too. Like, her whole family was just like, oh, this is a very warm and saccharine uh, kind of feeling that we're getting from this. I, like, I'm not gonna, like put you down for liking it it's it's not it's it's a very not me <laughs> yes kind of syrupy thing uh but you know i i do like the beginning one even though it is this weird acoustic harmonica mishmash yeah i'm i'm up to talking about this music yeah go for um, it um it's it's like children's or folk music um you know it has these very playful instruments like you know, you're hearing a lot of bells and whistles from flutes. I think there was a kalimba in there. Like, just a lot of um, very high-pitched and, uh, uh, like, bing-bong kind of sounds. So, uh, like, with other shows, there's the musical themes are either there or they're not. Like, kind of for the mm. whole show. And I really like the way they do things here, which is, like, it's there when it's useful and it's not when it's not. Yeah. So, so you don't they're... get the full episode Looney Tune thing that you sometimes get. 
if, if they're playing around, you'll hear that, you know, calliope music, uh, mm-hmm. you know, stuff with the very high notes. But you'll also get, like, tuba for the oompa in a lot of the music. Um, they're so, like, the, the, I, I was kind of reminded of Earthbound in just, like, the, the, the instruments that they choose to use here are so dissonant and weird. Like, yeah, there's nothing so high and so low. There's and... nothing pleasant. Nothing sounds pleasant in this show. It's all <laughs> twisted brass and harsh whistling and haunting organ and bass. It's, it's <laughs> it kind of so works. Um, yeah, and there's some really great leitmotifs, too. Oh, I wasn't as uh, cogent with those. I mean, I know Snufkins, of course. Yep. Uh, there's also Snork Maiden has a good one, and Thammy and Bob have a really noticeable weird thing going on. <laughs> um, interestingly, there are also times when you don't have music, and because so much of the show takes place in nature, a lot of times you'll get like birds chirping or critters chittering. Yeah. Um, and that's just sort of nice ambiance that really uh, soaks us into the show. Yeah, I, I, I that think was the that, wrong like... word, but you know. No, it soaks us in. Like, I mean, it's. <laughs> I'm wet, you know. Look, look. That's what the that's what envir- that's what the environmental te- storytelling is going to do. Mm-hmm. You you feel it more than you actually see it and can think about it. Sure, I know what you mean. How how did you feel about the writing? The like the dialogue. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I think it fit the pacing. You know, they'll they'll repeat themselves or like go back and forth asking. You know, oh, is that such a good idea? I don't I don't know. You know, I used to think of doing that, but I never got around to it. Let's do it. Um, <laughs> is is that the dad? It's as it's as ambling as possible. <laughs> back in my days as a traveling refrigerator salesman, I would often say to myself, "Well, woman papa, <laughs> you've got to make the dough rise." And your name was Moomin Papa even then? <laughs> <laughs> don't you know <laughs> that that's confusing <laughs> I, I like the dialogue the dialogue it feels like it fits all the characters pretty well for the main characters one-off characters anything it's little, goes it's a little odd <laughs> like uh, like to i mean i keep using this example but when they summon the spirit of the lamp the genie in it has a he talks very colloquially for a genie <laughs> sure were, were you in the lamp you got it <laughs> direct quote you can tell when a character is not a main cast member immediately yeah there is something about them it, it the dial the like the, the voice acting feels phoned in i i, I it doesn't think it, i don't think they did like it actually feels i'm getting the, the distinct impression for some of those voices that it was done not in a recording studio yeah i mean it wasn't and the rest priority. of the voices feel like they were right like even with a harsh voice like little mize it's always very considered and, and consistent and, and, you know, has some subtlety to it. I never felt that way for any of the one-off weirdos. Mm-hmm. Definitely. And then, of course, when some characters like the Grok don't have voices or they just have, like, sub-vocalizations like... Uh, that's awful and scary. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty weird. <laughs> I, I don't know how I feel about the writing in general. Like, I, I think that it really does a good job when it tries to say stuff that is terrifying in a normal voice yeah like as though it's not terrifying i think it's very funny when they it's it's soothing just introduce kind of haunting concepts but with like that cream cheese spread of delight over it yeah there was a time when uh stinky tricked the invisible girl who didn't talk very loud into a cave and then closed it up with rocks so that she would never be found and (laughs) he amontillado'd her 
yeah, he he was like, this will fix her invisibility. But it's like, we, we know who you are, Stinky. <laughs> uh, and Moomin comes in and he's just like, Stinky, that was a very mean thing to do. Not like, oh my God, her life is in danger. <laughs> yeah, you're, you're, this is attempted murder. <laughs> <laughs> Again. Again with this. We've had it up to here with you. <laughs> um, it's interesting, like, it doesn't, um, uh, lost my mind. Well, I think what you're talking about is actually a distinct concept from what I'm talking about. What I'm talking about is they just say a lot of turns of phrase that, you know, in kind of that Grimm's fairy tale way, it wouldn't fly if you said it in a Disney thing. Mm-hmm. And it can fly here because it's it it it, ex, it accepts that it's a little dark. So so one of the examples that I'm going to give is the narrator out the at the middle of one episode uh, starts talking about Moomin Papa is writing his memoirs. A lot has happened to him over the years. Oh. An awful lot. <laughs> and he's trying to remember it. <laughs> Just like that's the whole that's the whole thought. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, like, like it could be matter of fact, but it could be very sinister. Like, yeah, and it, like both parts of both of those halves are in this show. Neither <laughs> one of the I can't be- I wouldn't definitively state it's either one, you know, like enough of this show is just about like, let's put on a play because we fucking feel like it. And then the other half is, you know, this show is like, like an octopus demon, like was summoned because Thingamy and Bob were like doing a hopscotch wrong and it stole our <laughs> memories. Like and, that could also happen. And that uh, the dialogue does fall down a bit when they have to explain plot like that. Like when, uh, you know, when the Hobgoblin's hat started turning one thing into another thing. Yeah. Not only does the audience see it happen and it's understand it happening, but them trying to piece together how it happened and why it happened just it's takes grueling. It takes forever. <laughs> and they're like, well, how could a hat do this? And we're like, well, a hat couldn't do this, but, you know, where else did that hat come from? <laughs> yeah. Come on, audience, catch up. <laughs> No, the, the 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 characters need to catch up. No, I know they're the audience of this mummer. Oh, mummer's they're watching play. you. <laughs> no, I mean, I don't know, man. The whole world's a stage. <laughs> um, but then also, like, uh, this doesn't necessarily connect because uh, there just wasn't a lot <laughs> That's of dialogue. Okay, man, like, in this I episode. think that a lot of this is just like the our audience is now like realizing this show's just like weirdly written. It it isn't written with a consistent frame of mind. Yeah, it's, and that's that's okay. It's that head cold thing. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's like the, someone this, dreamed up this writing with their head full of taffy. Yeah, like this is clearly made by a people by someone of a people who like don't get a lot of sun and are usually dehydrated. <laughs> um, <laughs> not not to speak ill, but not to speak ill of the finish, but <laughs> but we only know the stereotypes at this point. Yep. And we are bad. Um, there was one episode. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, there was one episode where they, uh, they're they trying to restore the boat uh, that they find. And um, it's just like 15 minutes of them restoring a boat. And you see them like making tar and then sealing up the wood and then painting it and like stopping for a sandwich like it's just like <laughs> like this is this show is not like other shows no it's not like I, 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 we, we keep saying it right it, it's it's told with a different purpose than american entertainment let's say mm-hmm. you know american entertainment you gotta have 
tits and guns or, you know, if you're selling it to kids, nothing can be even slightly dark or sinister. And, and, and you always have to have a moral or a point that is clearly expressed and you, you trim the, all the fat off in the editing process. Yeah, they, they don't, they don't have a lot of, uh, they don't have a lot of regard for the American audience. (laughs) No, thank goodness. This is like this is only special because we eschew all of those. You know, it's it's the notion of not knowing what can't be done in the animation industry. Mm-hmm. Is that and it's part of maybe because the idea behind this iteration of this anime from Moomin from the Moomin franchise was to not mess with it too much. So yeah, we do, and I think that was the right choice. I think we do adhere to the storybook. Um, archetypes, kind of the storytelling method that we get in a storybook where there's just filler, not filler, but like just extraneous detail because we're telling, we're, we're, we're telling a story. We're not, I don't know, leading you through a story. I don't, I don't know what the right uh, way to, way to phrase it is, but we, we don't have all of the trappings of how do you sell a hit show to kids? You know, we, they, it feels like they didn't know what was pr- appropriate, and so they uh, they kept in a bunch of stuff that maybe wouldn't have tested well with audiences, it's, but it, it makes also, it so personalized. It also speaks to a cultural understanding. Um, I'm, I'm thinking of the quote, like, uh, fairy tales don't tell us that dragons are real. We know that dragons are real. Fairy tales tell us that dragons can be defeated. Mm. Um, and, like, I think for a people who live in dark and cold and are constantly being invaded by Russia, you know, Mm. that's a, that's a a message that kids are receptive to. Unlike in, uh, you know, our country where, you know, it, it's, we're not under threat, but we always feel like we are. (laughs) I don't know about that. Like, I think that there is a huge market among kids for power fantasy and triumphing over an evil, like, Let's bring this back to. I, I know this wasn't. Uh, I know this was created in in not in America, but um, what was it? France. Uh, the Smurfs. Ah, uh, the Smurf. Yeah, and that was a. Well, this one was envisaged in at the end of World War Two when things were still looking rough. The Smurfs was like the '60s, right? Sure, but like I mean, I'm I'm talking more about like cultures than time periods. At the oh, moment. sure. Yeah, the Belgians. The Belgians, yes. Yes, so, like, you know, they're eating salt and smoking their marijuana. <laughs> yeah, well, they, they, I don't have enough stereotypes to make this better. Uh, they stole it from the Dutch because they are shiftless. <laughs> <laughs> they're layabouts. <laughs> I don't know enough about the Belgians. Absolutely nothing. I like the, I like the adjective shiftless for a culture you don't know about. <laughs> <laughs> it could mean anything. It, it feels very porch racist. <laughs> it's okay. Uh, it's Europe. Move on. Move on. Move on. But but like if if we if we contrast kind of the storytelling mechanism for the Smurfs to the Moomins, in the Smurfs, what happens plot wise? Oh, there's an outside enemy force that they have to deal with regularly. Gargamel has a plan. The Smurfs are just living their happy lives. There's a problem. They react. They defeat Gargamel. Mm. Like almost almost every time it's exactly like that, right? Right. They're not going little, out of their way to find trouble. Maybe they'll have a little personality beat with, you know, Papa Smurf being a 
hegemonic ruler or whatever i forgot I, about that yeah but but you know like that maybe they'll personalize personalize one of the smurfs but the actual plot is always pretty consistently defeat gargamel uh and what's the consistent plot in moomin fucking fuck if i know like it, it can be whatever it wants it, like they go to a fancy ball snuffkin you know has a secret treasure that he always carries with him and they're trying to figure out what it is and oh it turns out it's the harmonica sure whatever uh, you know maybe they're we're just watching uh maybe we're just watching this weird embodiment of winter grief porch like on our porch step and trying to get rid of him like it's yeah, never or, consistent you know, we're gonna try today we're gonna see if we can figure out how to breathe underwater sure <laughs> it could be anything what's stopping you um yeah the characters in the setting are very real and consistent and then just the plot can be whatever the sky's the limit yeah, and, and those two parts need to be you 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 can't be the characters inconsistent and the plot be inconsistent at the same time. I don't right. think. Yeah, I, it, doesn't, I think, it doesn't sell. Yeah, it doesn't feel like a story at that point. It just feels I mean, it feels too episodic if you do it that way. But here where the characters maybe maybe they don't grow that much, but like we we get a feel for their personalities, we understand how they're generally going to going to behave. And then we give them some scenario and we watch them move through it. It gives you the impression of a working civilization that people are growing up in. The you said episodic and that made me realize that a lot of most other shows don't do this where there is a continuity without growth. Yes, that's that's a good point. So like the characters are the same. You can start in any of them. But like if this episode is starting on an island it's because the previous episode they got to an island, mm-hmm. and yeah, and, like, and it, they're not. They, it's not like a five episode arc where they find an island god and now they worship him or whatever. I mean, that does happen, but it's it not. It can happen. It's not a whole, it's it's not not a whole thing. <laughs> it's not a whole thing. The arc. There's no arcs that begin and then end. You know. Yeah. Like, it, there's just continuity from one episode to the next, but it's within just an entire universe arc. Yeah, like it's, it's, uh, just, it's it's just them living their lives from day to day, and where I, one day stops, the next day begins. I jumped to an episode, and for some reason, they were just watching over this invisible child. Right. And when do we get here? Well, the previous episode, I assume they met an invisible child. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't need more explanation than that. No, not really. I'm glad <laughs> that it had that. Like, I like the, I really like the idea. Again, I think we maybe have gotten the short end of the show by not watching it episode to episode. But uh-huh. imagine how powerful that would be watching it from beginning and just like every episode you pick up where you left off. You're saying hi to your friends from yesterday. It's like, oh, I remember you were going to have that party. How was it? Yeah. You know, this is, if you watched it as a kid every day watch a new episode every day it would be like checking in with the kids across the street yeah a little bit yeah because you know, like, your you, friends you and you want to spend all the time together with them you, it's the and, summer vacation paradigm yeah and like it's like you're re- it's like you're writing letters to your friend while they're at camp and they're it's telling like you this is what happened yesterday yeah. now this is happening wish you were here it's like you're writing your memoirs, but you can't quite remember what happened to you. <laughs> <laughs> a lot, an awful lot happened. <laughs> so much. I I really like the idea of the episode to episode nature, the continuity without arc. 
flavor <laughs> yeah. that this has. It it really does make it feel like a town that you're aware of growing up in your presence. I it's think it's unusual, very... and I can't think of a reason why it should be unusual. I don't know, man. I really like the idea, and I, I think it can be. It it makes it very grounded and relatable, and mm-hmm. you know they're already pretty relatable. But I I don't know, man. It it speaks to me. Yeah. So that's uh, uh, that's Moomin. Yeah. I, well, I have one extra detail which I'd like to introduce. Yeah. Um, Zane, you might realize that uh, recently, within the past few years, there has been a different anime which primarily featured a Moomin of so- of sorts that uh, I think that you and I both know. Hamtaro. Uh, it's it's called One Punch Man. Oh uh, yes. And there is a rider of Moomin who oh, shows yeah. up, but times Zane. Google Images is just a kind of a wondrous pasture where many I, things I come and go. I love that we that this is our segment now. This this is now a thing we do, guys. <laughs> <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna post some links to a Google image search of Moomin spelled like this: Moomin Rider. It's just Moomin in a bu- <laughs> with like a bike and a helmet that in the manner of Moomin Rider. But Zane, oh, would you please go and look? That's delight. I could look at these character models all day. Someone's offering him a balloon. <laughs> it's really good there's a jelly bean that's dressed up with the one punch man's cape <laughs> <laughs> it's really good i love it oh that's great yeah and him with the battle armor like the pen and ink thing yeah yeah that's really good ah uh, yes anyway oh my god arabia moomin mug the hobgoblin purple i need this cup sake Sexy it oh sexy saitama blog dot dot com has oh, Moomin Rider atop a muzzled like horse version of a gigantic Moomin. The internet, internet, you're beautiful. Just do, just keep doing your thing, internet. Uh and that's that's Moomin. Yep, it just keeps doing its thing. Yeah, it's. I really appreciate the alternative you know, storytelling aspect of this. I like that it doesn't adhere to normal Western animation storytelling conventions. Mm-hmm. You know, it, whenever we would watch something like Gargoyles, okay, we know where we are in general, and we've got a five-episode arc to begin things, <laughs> and sometimes we got a three-episode arc and a two-episode arc, and sometimes they're just one-off episodes, but there's no sense of consistency between arcs. Yeah. This has a sense of consistency and continuity through the entire show. Well, it's also just like any new nouns that they introduce are obvious about what they are. <laughs> I don't know, man. Like the Hobgoblin? No, but he's obvious through context. Like they never invoke the Hobgoblin without saying, all right, he's like a magician guy. He rides through the sky on a panther. Like it's confusing, <laughs> but you it, have it enough actually... information. <laughs> It, it lends itself to that groundedness of this is a complete world in that they don't explain it. Because why would they explain it to each other? They all know who the Hobgoblin is. Oh, yeah. You're, you know, it's you're rain. on your own. You you know rain, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's the same thing. Like, sometimes the sky gets sad and, like, it'd be weird to bring it up. <laughs> There's probably someone in Moomin mythology who, like, cries and he makes the sky sad. And that's what rain is. Oh, Malo. <laughs> Oh, yeah, it's Malo up there. <laughs> yeah. It's, Malo's uh, basically a Moomin. Malo and Gino are just uh, Moomin and Snufkin <laughs> off on is, an adventure. This is where Super Mario RPG came from. <laughs> yeah, exactly. This was the, yeah, this is. Man, I love Snufkin. Uh, okay. Uh, so that was Moomin. 
<laughs> Check it out. I don't think I've ever, I don't think we've done a show that I feel as confident as I do with this one that like, I'm going to watch this with my kids. Yeah, this is, I mean, this is really good. I, I, I don't know if I would feel that way necessarily. I like, I felt that way about Arthur, certainly, but I felt it in kind of a, uh, well, I got to watch some kid shit. I guess this will do because it's like wholesome <laughs> enough and it's got personality, but this is like. I'm actually kind of interested in seeing how my how my hypothetical offspring would react to something like yeah, this. This is too precious to show to the. T- this belongs in a museum. <laughs> yes, I would say so. Uh, everyone, check it out. It's it's it might not be like enjoyable to you in your age group, but it is very special mm-hmm. and should not be overlooked. Uh, Zane, what are we doing next time? So next time we are watching a movie. We are watching Sita Sings the Blues, which um, I still don't know a ton about, but I'm looking forward to. And that should also be an interesting look at a culture we're not used to looking at. Yep. So we'll go from Swedish to that real quick. Uh, It should be fun. Um, I'm looking forward to it. I've heard good things. And Zane, after that, we are going to do another scrambled, scrambled, scrambled segment. It's so long in between them that I forget. I forget what they're called. Should we have them more often? Audience, Maybe. tell us if we should have them more often. Just tell us, audience. What are you we waiting for? do whatever. Yes, we just do what we feel like. Maybe we will do them more often. But I, I think this, uh, I think this, these are our segments where we go through non-traditional animation styles and see what we come up with. And what we came up with uh, was, well, you know, we did kind of do a puppet show. <laughs> Um, like a long time ago, a hundred episodes back, and it seemed like it was long enough that the racial scars that we got from Cousin Skeeter have begun to heal, and we can look at a different race, the Fraggles. The Fraggles. I'm gonna catch a Fraggle. That's a pretty good accent. I, When when um, you were saying nasally characters earlier in this episode, I was thinking of, like, the trash heaps, like, gendarmes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the great and all noble trash heap. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Fraggle, Fraggle Rock is Rock. great. Like, these are my Muppets. Absolutely. Um, yeah. I, I don't, don't know if I told you about I don't care about, about the, no Gonzo, um, but give me a Wembley any day. I don't know if I told you about the um, Muppet murder mystery show I went to. <laughs> You've told me about it. I didn't get many details. Okay. I, I might share that on the, on the cast if we run out of things to say, which I don't think Sounds we will. Great. I can't wait there's for the inevitable. In Fraggle Rock. I can't wait for the inevitable intro with you as Uncle Traveling Matt. <laughs> God, the intro to Fraggle Rock is pounding in my head already. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, with that, uh, hard rock, with, that, with that hard rock guitar that shows up. Oh, yes. man. We we have a lot of good stuff on the horizon. It's looking it's looking like a good year, everyone. And, yeah, and if you have anything in particular you want us to take a look at, let us know. Uh, write to us on our website or email or through Facebook. And I don't remember what any of those are. So Ben, uh, you can go to our website at cartoncast.com or That's our the guy. Group, or group website at fancybat.com if you want to check out the other shows in the network. They're all a real treat. Um, oh, yeah. We just recorded a couple of empowered that I think you would enjoy quite a bit. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think I talked about my fear of rainbows and crystals. <laughs> it'll, Amazing. it'll be fun. It's ridiculous. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I can't defend myself <laughs> about that. Um, you can go to our Facebook page, leave a comment, or suggest a show for us to uh, watch at some point. Um, and then please, if you wouldn't mind, go to, uh, iTunes, Apple podcast, um, Stitcher, what, any of those things and give us a rating or review. Tell your friends about the show if you enjoyed it. And if you enjoy Moomin Rider, 
Yes, please. Start riding a bike, I guess. I don't know, man. I'm, uh, I talked a lot this episode. Yeah, I didn't see it. I don't think I saw a bike in the show. Uh, maybe they haven't gotten to that level of technology. I have no idea what level of technology they have. Like, house. Amish? <laughs> it does seem a little Am. Um, are they Seventh-day Adventists? Maybe. <laughs> and, like, they- and like Snufkin is like desperately trying that, to get them to accept the new way of the harmonica, and they're just like ukulele or nothing or whatever i don't know yeah like he's tr- he's being charismatic and building trust and building reliance until he can just invert their this world ex- cold world. starts guys he's <laughs> like what if i told you that i controlled the hobgoblin the whole time <laughs> what if i told you i control the weather would you believe me i could he <laughs> <laughs> it feels like he should be able to he could play he could yeah i mean like he could jam out the song of storms on that harmonica oh man <laughs> uh anyway uh Thanks for watching, you guys, uh, or listening. Happy Snufkin. Happy Snuff Day. Dance your cares away. (laughs) Down in Moomin Valley. (laughs) 